You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Signs of the Swarm. Asia Tour 2020 is still happening right now. There are only three shows left. Today, they're in Miyagi, Japan. Tomorrow, they're in Osaka, Japan. And it all finishes up on February 23rd in Tokyo, Japan. Signs of the Swarm. Asia Tour 2020 is proudly brought to you by Slam Man Booking Asia, TM Music, and the Vox and Hops Podcast. You should absolutely try to get out to one of these shows if you can. Signs of the Swarm, so extreme. And even better when they're in Asia. Just follow the link in the description of this podcast to buy your tickets. You will not be disappointed. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is less than two months away. Some of these shows have already sold out and more of them are going to sell out. I can guarantee you that. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is proudly brought to you by Metal Festival Tours, Continental Touring, and the Vox and Hops Podcast. This year's lineup is absolutely incredible, featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant, and it's a party that you do not want to miss. You can get your tickets via the link in the description of this podcast, or you can simply go to MetalFestivalTours.com. Speaking of a party you do not want to miss, for the four Canadian dates of Devastation on the Nation 2020, I have organized some craft beer parties. They are either pre-show parties or after-show parties. So the four shows where this is happening so far is in Vancouver, B.C., in Toronto, in Montreal, and in Quebec City. For each of these shows, there is a devastation brew that has been brewed for the event. All information on the Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties is available on MetalFestivalTours.com and via the link in the description of this podcast. Come out and party craft beer style with your fellow Vox and Hops heads some of the Devastation on the Nation band members, crew members. It's going to be an absolute blast. If you're not familiar with all the bands on Devastation on the Nation 2020, Daniel Defonce, the man behind Metal Festival Tours, the man behind Devastation on the Nation, and I have curated a Vox and Hops spotlight on Devastation on the Nation official playlist, which is available on Apple Music and Spotify. This is your best way to get to know all of these bands. We have handpicked all the songs that we expect them to play, that we hope that they play. And if you do not know all these bands and you want to get better acquainted with them, this is the best way to start. The link to those that are available in the description of this podcast as well. Hey, what's up? This is Bradley Zordager from Banger TV and Exclaim. And you're listening to Vox and Hops. Hey, thank you so much, Bradley. Huge shout out to my Canadian brother from Banger TV and Exclaim. I love you, brother. Thank you so much. Today I am with Andreas Bulver, the vocalist of Cabal. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 110. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Andreas Bulver from Cabal. How are you doing, brother? It's good to meet up with you. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. It's nice being in Montreal, enjoying the nice weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were saying that uh, this is your first time over here in North America. Take yeah. me back to you when you were young. Is this something that you ever imagined would happen? Uh, no. Like, a lot of the stuff that's going on with the band right now, if you have told me that, like, when I like, was a kid, started getting into, like, playing music, like, maybe 15 years old, like... 
having no idea what I was doing. I like I would never believed it. <laughs> Take me back even further. You're growing up in your house. What music was playing when you didn't have control over the what was playing? What did your parents listen to? What was the soundtrack of your youth? Oh, uh, when I was I like I started listening to my own music at like really young age, maybe like six or seven. I got like. This man, I got like the first record I ever got was like the Michael Jackson uh, greatest hit, like the one with the statue on. I can't remember what it's called. I had it too. Yeah, exactly. I think my parents listened to a lot of that stuff, and I think there's some I am in there as well. Some like maybe some of the, like the classic rock stuff, and just like what kind of like whatever. My parents are like they're into music, but not like they're not nerds about it like I am. Where do you think it came from, that passion, the, the inspiration? Your parents were not musicians. No. Where do you think that came from? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think, like, for some, some, uh, maybe I saw something on, like, on the telly or something like that. Because as long as I remember, I always thought, like, music was, like, the shit. Like, <laughs> I got, like, a Nirvana record when I was eight. I was like, yes. That was, like, this is the best thing ever. I got. Uh, I think it was like Nevermind, wasn't? God, it was, yeah, that was like the the one with the baby on it. That's right. That's right. They're one of their their big hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, got, one of their big hits. Yeah, I got that one. Like my mom gave it to me when I was like eight for my uh, for Christmas. I was just like instantly hooked, and I started listening to Slipknot and all that. Like kind of like evolved, like the whole new metal. That, that's, thing. A, that's a big jump to go from Nirvana yeah. to Slipknot. I was just like, it opened me up to like it because Nirvana was like the first time I heard somebody like kind of like screaming in a song. Like, thing was like, oh, what is this that one song? Territorial pissing or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song yeah. was like super harsh like, vocals. Yeah, like <laughs> really, really poorly, like technique-wise, but it was like really intense. I was like, whoa! It's a huge jump going from hard rock vocals to vocals like that. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that, that kind of like turned me on to like, okay, there's something else than people just like singing. And then I like, I remember like playing this stupid flash game and like in school uh, on the school computers instead of doing what I was supposed to do in the data room, like. And it was like Slipknot with Wait and Bleed going. And I thought it was so cool. And then I found out like one of my friends from grade school, his sister had like uh, the Slipknot self-titled. It came out, so he like he made a burnt copy of it for me. I was like, I listened to it so much. It was like, yeah, I couldn't stop listening to it. Such an unbelievable vocal performance on that record. Corey yeah, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. I hadn't heard anything like that before. He's like, could both scream and he could sing really well. It was like, it's also like the perfect entry level stuff because it's like they have like the softer songs like Wait and Bleed they'll lure you in and then you have like something like Surfacing that was like so fucking aggressive like at least like it's the wildest thing I'd ever heard at like at that age like Did you always want to be a singer? Is that something that always brought you on? Were you a child that sang? No, I think I was just like singing a bit I actually wanted to be a guitarist at first and I used to play guitar for a few years but it's like I, I got good enough to play like Bob Marley around the campfires and shit like good enough to get girls which yeah, is yeah <laughs> yeah but ne never better than that because like for some reason just like I just didn't have the patience to just like to get really good at like I tried playing Slipknot songs and I think that kind of broke me was like it was too hard it's like this like isn't just power chords you actually have to do some choking and there's like all this stuff so I like kind of gave up and then I went to a boarding school like 16 I had some, met some guys and we talked about fun to play some like some music and some metal I was like at that point I kind of realized okay I'm not going to be the guitarist because I'm not good enough I'm not like I don't want to put in the time 
I don't know, started watching YouTube videos about like vocals. I was like, yeah, I can do that. I watched one. I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> this guy doing inhales. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did that at first and sounded terrible. Uh, so I did like that for a solid year and like my lungs were aching and like... Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know how people do it. And, and No, I, I, I actually managed to get like something that sounded like vocals out of it like after doing it for a while. And then I went to like high school, met some guys, like got invited to join a band there. And this like guy is like, hey, why don't you try doing like the right way? I was like, oh, is that is that a thing? Like, is that how people actually do it? Because it might be why my vocals doesn't sound as good. Like, I started doing that and like an epiphany, like, whoa, it's like right away it just sounded better. Uh, no, not first, but I could like feel like I could get more force, and it didn't like fucking hurt my lungs, and it's like and better tone. Yeah, just more control of everything more power like just like a better technique like an actual technique like. we are at uh, Le Saint-Buc Brasserie Artisanale one of my favorite places in Montreal if you're downtown and you're looking for craft beer you should absolutely come here we were just delivered a very clear beer we ordered a sour pilsner it's called La Surprise it's really good it clocks in at a 4.7% let's see what it suckers got it smells like a sour beer wouldn't it? sour yeast Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I like clean, it. Clean. It's nice. Very fresh. Yeah, nicely sour, but um, not over the top. It's uh, super see-through. It's got a nice little white head. Uh, I love Le Saint-Buc, and uh, everyone should come here. Take me back to, uh, who, aside from Corey Taylor, who else would have been some early Scream influencers that you turned to, maybe trying to mimic, trying to take some things from them? Who would those people be? I think like one of us, like, I don't think I ever tried to mimic him, but one I was super impressed by was like, uh, whoa, what's the guy? I sort of forgot, Jonathan Davis, like, because he does like the whole rattle, like those weird <laughs> things. I'm like, oh, why? Like, how is he doing that? So like, for me, it's always been when I found find somebody who's doing something I haven't heard before, it really intrigues me because I'm like, okay, like, how is he doing that? Like, so, but I think like what one of the like things that really wanted me like made me want to get into be, being like a vocalist and kind of like metalcore, deathcore, like the whole core thing was like the guys from Parkway Drive, like uh, I think like Winston. He had like like very classic like metalcore vocals, like but just like sounded like I was so blown away the first time I found him like on MySpace. Uh, I listened to like I remember like I think it was right before they put out Killing with a Smile. I listened so much to like uh, the song Romance is Dead that I remember like to it until it was like four at night and I got late like couldn't go to school almost the next day because I didn't sleep because I was just listening to that song. Just on repeat? Yeah, it's like this is insane, it sounds so good. And they had breakdowns, I'd never like heard that before and they had like had this thing we call like the parkway uh, thing where like you'll play one breakdown followed by a heavier breakdown. And I was like my mind was blown and his vocals at that point I was thought it was like so good and it was like very consistent uh, and he has like had like it was, it was crazier than the thing like Corey would do but you're still like you can still t- hear what he was saying like so that really like that I think around that time was like when I was really like yeah I want to like sound like this guy what steps did you take to get there um I just like started rehearsing, like going to the rehearsal room, just trying like stuff out, and like uh, it took me a while to actually get good at it, to get to a level where I won't blow out my voice at every rehearsal, uh, because for some reason like I just didn't really read up on it until like a long time and just like experimented, 
And I think it might have been like a good idea to actually like watch some tutorials, like the one I did with the fucking inhales. Maybe that scared <laughs> me off of the tutorials. But you watched that one wrong tutorial yeah, to start. Like, yeah. Never doing that again. When you started reading up on it, who were some people that you read up? What did you? Who did you stumble across? Uh, no, not like no one special in particular. Just like watched random YouTube videos with just like people who actually like talked about like the technique and like how the voice works, like the whole with the vocal chords getting like them clasping and sh- like the whole like how you should actually go about it, like with breathing exercises. I can't remember who it was. Just like just just once watched as much as I could about it. Like went into like the YouTube hole, just like watching hours and hours of like that stuff, and warming up is like when it really like clicked for me. It's like oh, I can actually do something. So just like not going there cold and just blowing out my vocal cords. So talk me through your typical warm up. I chug a lot of water. I try to drink like water all day long, and I would do like this like start out in the morning, just like putting on some music, like some melodic stuff, just like sitting along, humming along to it. Uh, And then I like do some lip rolls and like some stretching, like some yawning and like have this thing I like to do where take like uh, a towel, grab my tongue and yank it. Really? Yeah, it's like it's unpleasant and makes you gag, but it's like apparently like it stretches your vocal cords and it's like you can really feel it. You should try it. Like really, I've never I've never heard of that. No, one, like yeah. get a towel, pull your tongue, like open up because like it extends the vocal cords and you can like. It's like if you're sore in your muscles and you're stretching and you can feel them kind of like releasing, it's the same kind of release it'll give you. That's sick. Yeah, it's I never really never heard of that one. Yeah. No, but it's good. Like this this op- what's it called? I think it was like a Danish opera singer who like talked about it in some like television show I watched like at randomly at my parents' place. Like, huh, I'm trying that. Crazy. That's and crazy. Yeah. It's good. And then I do like I try to. Because like screaming is isn't like only in the voice. It's like a lot with like in the body as well. So I try to like do some push-ups and sit-ups and just like activate my core because it's like I feel like that's where the vocals are coming from. It's all about the breath. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the breath. Yeah. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I don't drink that much. Like I like good like on my older days. I've really started to appreciate like going out for good beer, like instead of the typical Danish things, like going out for 12 crappy beers and getting shit faced versus a few good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like. I am a huge fan of the Danish craft beer scene. Uh, whenever I play in Copenhagen, I'm always super stoked. I'm always, I hope to be close enough to go to McKellar. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there are a whole bunch of other great breweries there. What would be some of the craft beer breweries from Denmark that you're a fan of? Like that's that's McKellar. That's really good, and they also have some pretty cool. Like they have a ramen shop now, and like a Mexican like eating place. Like all of those places are really good, and you can get like the beers and some like some really good drinks that they make. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like check those places out. They're really good and pretty affordable. Uh, then there's this one thing I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this microbrewery that's in this hall. Out, do you know about Copenhagen, like the Danish festival? I had the Cope, yes, 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 yes. Uh, right out where that's like where that usually is. Um, there's like a brewery that's really really cool. Where they like brew all the beer there, and you like they like have have rotations. Uh, so like each month they'll have like eight different beers they'll brew and you can go out there and, and try them and it like makes pretty good food as well it's so fresh it's like music you know yeah, yeah. a brewer is an artist to me and that's yeah. why I think metal and craft beer work so well together yeah 
if Cabal could ever have their own craft beer brewed by a brewery, what would the beer be called and what style of beer would it be? We actually talked about it because there's like Excellent. we know there's this guy who hit us up on Instagram who has a brewery and it's like he wanted us to come by and play a show and have some beers and like talking about maybe pitching like, hey, let's make a beer. And probably make it like a really dark stout or something like that because like we have this like thing where, like we have this song called Black and Soil, so we f- thought about like making like a black and stout or something like that, and making like as, as dark as possible and like really heavy because it, like kind of represent the music. It's amazing. You should absolutely do that. Yeah. It's been something we've been talked about. Yeah, Crip Chops. He's been wanting to make a. A craft beer for a very long time. Yeah, it still hasn't happened. So why? I don't know. I think you like you should be in a position to do it. I think so too. So <laughs> anyone listening that wants to make a Cryptopsy beer, hit me up, please. Yeah. What should it be called then? Oh, we have so many. The easiest, Cryptopsy. Yeah. Okay. 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 The easiest. Shout out to Brad uh, of uh, Ingested Alumni for coming up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys just starting out. This is your first uh, U.S. tour. Yeah. What would be a dream tour for Cabal? Perfect lineup. I think like I have to like give my uh, like our guitarist, our main songwriter. He's not here because he's uh, he's a full time producer, so he can't really like he can't tour because he has like he's booked for the next year, and he would have like a lot of bands would have to like like cancel their schedules. Like he can't go. Like, but I know he's like his b- favorite band in the world is Meshuggah. So in honor of him, I'm going to say, like, Meshuga Cabal. That's like... That would be sick. Yeah. yeah. One, of, one, of my, one of my favorite bands back in the day. Yeah, they're really, really I good. still love them to this yeah. day. Yeah. Really, like, innovative. It's like, it's crazy to think they've been around also since, like, the 80s. Like, yeah, and they invented a, a style. Yeah. You know? It's also a wild. genre. Yeah, exactly. But it's also, like, wild that they used to play, like, this music kind of sounded like Metallica at first. It's true. It's yeah. true, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. And, then, like, I, I would love to, like, be on the fly on the walls, like, when, like, the shift happened because it's such a like a drastic change yeah, yeah it is for the better but like they, they just I guess they just found their own sound yeah like they really and they kind of like changed the whole soundscape of metal with it absolutely which yeah. is insane yeah. like what would be some of your craziest tour stories let's start with uh, a tour horror story oh yeah something that uh, has happened that you would never want it to happen again okay it's like an easy one because um, first time we actually toured we like we've been in a band for like a handful of months and our friends in Hexes wanted to invite us out and we did uh, started out in Moldova which was it's actually pretty cool it's like it's a weird country uh, they, like we were in Chisinau which is like the cap- state capital and they didn't even have street lightning well, no street lights no crazy not, not in the part of town we played in it was kind of weird sketchy uh, yeah. yeah and then we had to go to the Ukraine the next day and we had to cross the border and at that point I don't know if it still is it was, it was an active war zone shit yeah I don't know like why we agreed to go there but like we just wanted to go play shows and we had to cross the border and the first thing that, that happens is like I go out of the car like once to ha- hand up God like the passports and he just looks at me points at me and goes like marijuana I'm like no 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 <laughs> and he repeats it like marijuana I'm like no dude and he's like yes we get dog hunter and they pulled us over and they kept us there for two and two or three hours and like they had submachine guns and like most of them didn't speak English and they had to search everything and one of the guys from Hexes, he had a like a joint like butt in his, like it, that's not legal, but it meant that like they thought we were smuggling shit. Of course. So they just kept it there, went through all of our shit, like kept dangling like handcuffs in front of us, saying like if you find, if you find, it was so scary, and like 
Um, at, at some point, uh, like they kind of like gave up because like we obviously didn't have anything because we're not idiots. We're not smuggling that shit. Like no, 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 no. A- any European. young aspiring musician out there listening to this, don't do it. Never fuck with borders. No, no drugs. It's not worth it. No, you don't want to go to prison in Ukraine. Not fucking no. get killed. <laughs> <laughs> I would like. No, no. And then afterwards, after like they kept us there for so long, they like they found our merchandise and they like started like taking shirts like gift, gift, and we're just like yeah. Please take it. Yeah, Please. just take and let us go. Same. Yeah. I have a very similar story. Eastern Europe, I can't remember the border. They pulled us over and they started taking the van apart with screwdrivers oh. to look inside the doors. And our driver, who was hired by the company that owns the van, yeah. Thomas, many Thomas check drivers. Shout out to Thomas, love you. He uh, was so pissed that they were fucking up his van and they scratched yeah. it a bit. With inside, it doesn't matter. Like, but they found nothing, and then finally we get through the border, on the other side, and our tour manager, who was Moldovian, yeah, had weed underneath his foot in his flip flop. No, what an idiot! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why? I was just like, I like smoking weed. We didn't know. We didn't know until afterwards. No, no, but but we, like, why? Like, again, I like smoking weed, but. I'll rather go a few days without weed than like oh, risking yeah. that shit. Like, not worth it. It'll fucking destroy your life if you like it. Not worth it. What is the moment that you're most proud of in your career with Cabal? I think like one of them must have been. This, we have this thing in Denmark called Roskilde Festival. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have not. It's like the biggest festival in Scandinavia. It's this legendary festival. It's like I think there's like 130,000 people attending. Wow. Yeah, we got booked to play there after we've been only been a band for like two years. Like we just released a debut album and we got like this. This made our managers was like, "Hey, you guys want to play Roskilde?" Like I said, work just like throwing my keyboard away. Like yes. Like, I was like insane. It's because like I think that year was like Eminem was headlining and like oh, it's like a huge, yeah, huge it's, like, festival. If, okay. if you imagine, Not like, just a metal festival. No, no. Yeah. If you imagine Lollapalooza, Lollap- like uh, maybe Lollapalooza meets Burning Man. Crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. And we got to play there, and people like it's not a it's not a metal festival. There's a lot, but they're really good at like finding underground metal bands. Like Converse has played there a few times. They have like everything from like yeah, Eminem to Converse, everything in between. African, wow. African folk music is like somewhere I've been, I've been there like last 10 years. It's a music festival. Yeah, it yeah. really is, and it's like. If you're a musician in Denmark, like like that's the dream, getting like being allowed to play there, and it fucking happened, and like you guys should have just like broke up right after. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't get any better. <laughs> this is the top. Yeah, it was so so like crazy, and like one of the best shows we ever played. Like like we played in the warm up days, but like a few thousand kids came out and just like went fucking crazy, and like unbelievable. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. you guys have had um, some guest vocalists. Yeah, on your records, notably. Uh, some big names every time. Yeah, yeah. Talk me through the decision of, of, of getting these people. How does that work? Do you hire them? Is it a favor? Are you friends? How does that work out? Um, I think the only one we ever paid was CJ from Diada's Murder. I just like wrote him on Instagram because we thought like, hey, I, I used to work in digital mar- marketing, so I'm like, I'm into marketing. I was like, hey, their like fan base kind of, would kind of fit ours, so it would make sense to invest in him, get like doing a feature. I just like wrote him on Instagram, hey, do you want to do a, like a, a paid vocal feature? He was like, yeah, sweet, yeah, it's easy, yeah. And then we had like Philip from Humanity's Last Breath. Um, 
this is like we, we kind of like know the guys because they're like from Sweden and they play music that's kind of similar in vibe to us so we just like uh, a manager knows him a bit better just like got him to ask if he wanted to be in a song and he really wanted so It's cool. It's, it's always nice when it's easy. Yeah, and that, like right now we have like Matt Heath. He did a feature. We played this thing called Copenhagen uh, last year, which is like a big metal festival in Denmark. Uh, and th- they were there. Uh, and I, I saw him posting about us on like social media. Sometimes it was like, I think he's aware of us. And then we like we could hear them sound checking on the main stage, and he was playing one of our songs. Like no way, it's just like this song called False Light. We has like this chugging like da da dun da da dun. No way, it was like whoa, whoa. a huge band. Yeah, and we were in the like uh, like the hangout area from the artists, and he just like came up to me like, "Aren't you the guy from Cabal?" I'm just like, "Oh, aren't you like a real rock star?" <laughs> like, and we, we like hung out, and it was like fun to just like ask him like, "Do you want to be on the song?" And he was like, "Yeah." That's sick. That's sick. Yeah, super huge. Yeah. yeah, and then we have Jamie from Polaris, uh, like a big, like, like rising metalcore stars from Australia. Just like one day we posted like, a T-shirt on Instagram, a new design we made, and there's like this guy that's like, "Hey, can I buy one of them?" And I like the name looked familiar, and I found out it's him. I was like, wrote him like, "Hey, I'll send you one if you promise to wear it at a, sh- at a show." And we just like started talking, and they then they played in Copenhagen. I was like, hey, "Do you want to come like do a feature?" And yeah, I gave him like a burger for it. <laughs> Unbelievable! So it works out well that your your guitarist yeah. is is the producer of yeah, the band. Yes, so we have our own studio. That's amazing. Talk yeah, me yeah. through that. How does that feel? It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> have you before gone to work in other studios with other people? I have in other projects, but with Cabal, we do everything in house. So like, it also allows that like he'll he'll do pre-productions that sound like finished stuff. So he'll he'll send me that. I'll write like I'll uh, I'm always on my phone like writing stuff. Like I'll have like notes where I'm like, oh, this could be a song and like song topics, yeah, yeah lyrics just, and topics. Yeah, just like sometimes I like I don't know why, just like I'll have a sentence pop on my head. I'm like, oh, that's a chorus. I'm like writing that. That's down. great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And so he'll send me the songs, and I'll kind of like take this half finished songs I have and like oh it could actually fit it has like kind of this vibe and then we'll like work on it together and like show all the other guys and they'll have their inputs and just like it allows us to have like a really good like base product to work with and then we can like go to the studio and like have all the time we want there almost which is like crazy I've never like been able to write in this like we go to the studio I have like a finished or like ideas of how the song is supposed to be but like we can just work on it all we want there There's no, there's no pressure. No, not really. Which is really nice. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Like at first, when I got into the band, I was so intimidated because he used to play in other bands. He's like so good. He plays everything really well. He's like one of those annoying guys who can just pick up an instrument. And like, oh, now I'm a master of this instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Let me play this this yeah. African flute. And <laughs> yeah. his dad is also like a really big '80s like uh, pop star from Denmark. He wrote all the like. We would always joke that like he wrote the meta for like Danish '80s music. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's while in the studio, like where we're recording, I think like the da- one Danish song that won like the European mil- was it called like Grand Prix? Was it Grand Prix? Like a Grammy is 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 yeah, it was the American version yeah. was recorded there. So, yeah, so there's like millions of records being sold from there. That's like this one thing I always tease him with this 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 kid's CD called Oh Monkey with like kids songs on. It's recorded there. I had that as a kid. Everyone had it. 
And our guitarist Chris was like, he was a kid when it was me, so he was singing chorus and some of the songs. He's on it. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, every time I do, I do all press text and, like, a bios. So I always write Chris XO Monkey in it. (laughs) 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 Because it's, like, the biggest thing he's ever done. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) You mentioned that you used to work in digital marketing. Yeah. Talk me through that and how you have brought those skills that you learned there and have applied it to Cabal. I actually think it was, like, a bit the other way around. Like, uh... I started like doing stuff like in my own bands, just like experimenting. Like, I have like a bachelor's degree in communications and digital medias. Um, so I kind of like got my dip my toes into that. Like while doing that, I started playing music more seriously. So I started like taking some of that stuff, using it in bands, and then I like found out, oh, hey, I can like know how to do this. And then like through the music and like met people and like got a, like some jobs in the music industry and took the stuff I learned from being in bands and used it there. Obviously got got better and every time I would learn something new I'd like apply it back to the band. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It helps us a lot. I feel like. What's uh, what's the if for a kid listening at home, young band just starting, they're ready to start playing shows. What would be the best marketing tip you can give them? Uh, make Facebook ads. Like make sure to build a following. It doesn't have to be Facebook ads, but just like take it seriously. Like realize that like music is a product that you're trying to sell, and like if you want to sell something, people need to need to know it's there. So the whole thing of like yeah, we'll play shows and we'll get discovered. It, like. I guess in theory it could happen but I don't think it will so like make sure that like the right people see your music and like digital marketing is a good way of doing it because social media is fucking huge so like spend time like learning how to do that stuff and promoting yourself like don't like you could run around with flyers but the thing is like the other way you could like you can you can be more selective in your targeting and say okay okay we play this kind of music then maybe Slipknot fans would be interested in it. like like be analytic about it like and also like being in a band is a job like that's some like uh, hard to swallow truth like yeah pill I had to like swallow as well I thought it would be like yeah we're gonna be rock stars we're just gonna play music and a lot of that shit is just like being in a band is like 80% unpaid office work. A lot of the problems comes down to a lot of people in bands, musicians are artists. Yeah, yeah. And they are slightly autistic. Yeah, yeah. I'm and are, me as well. and are not good with people. No. And think that they're almost people should just appreciate their art. Yeah, but it's it, not going to happen unless it's like a one in a million chance that yeah, you're going to yeah. play that show and that someone's going to see you and sign you. Exactly. So it's like people like you might have the best music in the entire world, but if nobody knows it's there, like how how is it going to spread? Like I've interviewed many many people over a hundred. Out of that, there is one person that told me I played a show and I got signed. Yeah. And that's Ale Storm. Yeah, the only people. Yeah. Yeah. We actually we played a show and got signed, but that was big. <laughs> no. But it's like okay, was, now now I want that story. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like it was only it was also like not like just a random show. It's like our manager he had like this um, this Christmas thing that he does like every year for for like the management bureau, where he like invite people like it's so, almost like a showcase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That kind of makes it's not. It doesn't count. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> so like that's what it's supposed to do. Andreas, thank you so much for coming, yeah. drinking a beer with me, having a chat. Of course, man. Super stoked to see you tonight. Yeah. At Fofun Electric, it's the CBGBs of Montreal, classic oh. venue. 
Nirvana has played on that stage. Oh, insane. Tie this whole interview in a nice little bow. Cheers. Thanks, man. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Andrea is such a sick, sick vocalist. I love meeting new people. I had never heard of Cabal before setting up this interview, which was uh, graciously set up for me by Bradley from Banger TV. So a huge shout out to you, Brad. And uh, I did not regret it. I really enjoyed their show. I uh, actually have really gotten into their CD. I'm super stoked. But their new album, Drag Me Down, which is dropping on April 3rd. You should absolutely get that on your radar and check it out. Cabal are a band that you want to keep your eyes on. They're going to do a lot of great shit. So huge cheers and a shout out to all the boys from Cabal. A huge shout out to Andreas for coming onto the podcast. The best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is via the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. Up there right now for another limited time. The very first Vox and Hops Enjoy Life Metal and Craft Beer Zip-Up Hoodie. For pre-order, they will be up there for another week or two. And then that's it. They're going to be gone. You're going to miss the boat. If you want to get one, you should get one right now via the link in the description. Anything that I receive via the Big Cartel page is greatly appreciated. And there would be no Vox and Hops podcast without all you Vox and Hops heads. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy your week. I remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Opsets. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love or want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast <laughs>